So, uh, Doc, we've got Annie on the line. Annie, what's your question for the doctor? The thing is, I didn't realize it until, you know, some people commented about it. They said that I have this tendency of holding my breath when I go and meet people, when uh-huh. I go into meetings, meeting strangers, or sometimes when I just bump into people, you know, I just stopped. And I, they said that I looked like I was, uh, you know, holding my breath. And I realized that probably it was true because, you know, mm. suddenly I start being like, oh, Oh, I didn't breathe. What happened to me? And I, I, I don't know. Is that like a, like a medical thing or like just a mental thing? Wait, so hold on, Andy. This is involuntary. You just automatically it happens to you. That's the thing. At first, I didn't realize and until somebody wow. said that. Hey, why, why, why right. weren't you breathing? I mean, were you nervous? Were you? I don't know. Were you shocked? Yeah. I, I didn't know. Maybe it was. I don't know. Maybe it's just me. Um, does it happen yeah. in any other situations, or just in social, like first first engagements kind of thing? Well, that's the thing. I wouldn't know, right? Right. I mean, what if right. I was alone? I mean, what if I was alone showering and I'm holding my breath? Mm. I, I really didn't know. Okay. O- only when people started asking me about it, like you're okay, you're okay. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, and do you find yourself like out of breath very regularly, or like panting or anything like that? I. I Yes, but but not okay. not that bad. I okay. mean, it's like okay. you know, sud- suddenly you realize that you need to take a you know sharp breath. breath, like. <gasps> Okay. Yeah. Okay. 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 Um. All right. So, um, it might be a medical condition. So, I think it might be a good idea to get checked out just in case. You want to be careful, right? But, um, from the sounds of it, like it might also be uh, anxiety, right? So, like low key anxiety sort of kind of. So, you know how sometimes when we are about to like jump into a cold uh, swimming pool or river or something like that, we take mm-hmm. a deep okay. breath and we hold it and we jump in, and then after that, once we get submerged in the ice and we get f- shocked by it, then we can breathe normally after that. Mm-hmm. I think that's what your body's trying to do. So, you take that sharp intake of breath or deep intake of breath before you meet someone because it's a new engagement you're, you're getting yourself hyped up and prepared and things like that and that's why it seems like you're holding your breath like I would th- I'm thinking that's what's happening so it's probably okay. an anxiety reaction you're preparing for something that's uh, uh, making you anxious la, right um, if it's that, then I probably wouldn't be too worried about it. But I think then what you can do is to practice a little bit uh, for uh, to to prepare for it, like basically, la, right? So there's some really good breathing exercises that you can do, so that you're breathing uh-huh. mindfully instead of automatically. So that way, uh-huh. when you do engage with people, then you know that okay, let's let's get into the exercise, let's breathe and prepare for it that way instead of your usual way, la, and then you'll be much more calmer for but it, la. Right, right. But but when you mention anxiety, then hmm. it's uh, it's. A it's a mental thing, isn't it? Uh, again, yeah, if not? again, if we, if I, I think we still should check, check ourselves out medically just in case. We just want to be very careful about it. But if that uh-huh. clears and there's nothing wrong with that, then it probably is a, a psychological thing. But again, I wouldn't be too worried about it because all of us have anxiety, right? It's, it's just part and parcel of life, mm. and we react to anxiety in different ways, yeah. la, right? And if you're saying that it's only noticeable when you meet someone new, then it's probably very trigger uh, uh, situation specific. So I'm again right, not too worried about it in that sense, la. Okay, doctor, we have a message on our DigiLight line from Daniel who says, My problem is I don't know how to disagree without getting angry. I have two children and having problem with wife and mother-in-law about how they are raised, I guess meaning the kids, uh, and their routines, etc. I am a stay-home dad. Yeah, I think that's that's hard, especially when family is involved and especially intimate family members like your kids and your wife and your mother-in-law, right? 
Um, it's not gonna be easy, but I think one good way, a bit a longer way, like to understand where the anger is coming from, lah. Because disagreements is something that happens all the time. You know, you you're you're in traffic, someone cuts you off, you disagree with them. You know, you're at McDonald's. Yeah, but and disagreeing and then he's getting angry. Correct. Right? So we Ooh. need to understand where the anger is coming from. Is right. it because yeah. you're not being heard, or is it because you feel that you know uh, your position as the father should take uh, precedence over um, other family members, for mm. example, mm. and things like that, right? So I think that's something worth exploring a little bit, lah. And it, it's a it's a slower, longer process, but I think it's more beneficial in the end that way then moving from there like you know anytime you do get angry you'll know where the anger is coming from right mm. um, as I mentioned before um, you know keeping a diary or thought thought log a thought diary mm. which is a really good idea so every time you get angry you just write down all the thoughts that are going through your head and eventually mm. what you do you start finding patterns right and that patterns will give you a lot of good clues to where the anger is coming from that's one thing um, in the short term I think what we can do is that every time you are going to disagree there's a disagreement coming up like, and you feel yourself getting angry mm. um, again getting angry is not a bad thing it's a very good evolutionarily helpful thing for us because that keeps us safe and protected and stuff right. like that but obviously with family members it's going to be problematic like, right? so when you find yourself getting angry maybe a good idea is for you to remove yourself from the situation right? go to the room um, go have a drink of water just something mm. like, whatever it is just to give yourself some space that space will allow your anger to dissipate because you're not confronting that same thing that's making you angry right. and then allow the more calm rational brain of yours instead of the lizard brain to come forward and then you can react in a more measured kind of manner right mm. it's only short term that's something you can do I, I mean being a parent as well I'm just speaking from this position right yeah. you're in a situation where your mother-in-law maybe is there with your wife mm. or whatever and they're saying something mm. um, at you or telling you what to do yeah. how do you escape without causing further problems by you know, being rude or like we're trying to talk to you about something and you're just leaving, you have to go somewhere else. So how do we escape without right. seeming rude to give ourselves that time to just pause and breathe? A couple of things come to mind. The first one would be just to say it out loud and say, hey, you know what, I'm getting angry and this is going to devolve into an argument that has no ending. So I'm going to leave for a few minutes. I'll come back once I'm calmer and we can have a discussion about it. So I think... Oh, really? Just be as open as, as open as possible. Yeah, mm. cause these family members. Like, these are people you're going to live with. So I think honesty is the best policy sometimes. Another thing you can do is that when things are calmer, you can collaborate with your wife and say, okay, I've got a safe word or, uh, you know, when I leave, when I just walk off, know that I'm trying to manage my anger. I'm trying to calm myself down and I'll right. come back to you. Okay. So at least then your wife would have that that no the knowledge already la, so that mm. she she knows you're not being rude or whatever it is <laughs> Avocado. Well, <laughs> yeah, this guy really loves avocados. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think that's such a great idea though, to have with your spouse. I'm gonna create one with my son. Yeah, it makes right, sense. Right. Like when I'm feeling like I'm gonna just burst, yeah. burst. I, I can just exactly go avocado. While I'm driving, I'm gonna be avocadoing <laughs> all the way. But you know, actually, like making your your safe word funny actually might help yeah, you break yeah. your the tension that's yeah, rising. Yeah, right. That's true. That's true. Okay. Also, awesome. everyone's gonna be yelling avocado. <laughs> <now>. Avocado. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Doc, now we have Alice on the line. Alice, what's your question for the doctor? My boss called me for a meeting because he said that um, I'm interrupting people too much. But it's because I feel like I cannot say what I think, then I will forget. So it's a problem that I had since I, I was a kid. So oh. I don't mean to be rude sometimes, mm. but I feel like I am. So I'm not too sure what can I do about it. Mm. Oh, so I see. So you cut like blurting people out, like I just yeah. said to JD. Right. So you don't um, forget in a way your thought. Like when we are 
conversing with me and then I have an opinion but I scared I'll forget if I let right, them right. finish. Mm, okay. Yeah. And there's a couple of questions, right? So when you say you 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 need to ask the question, it's something you're doing consciously like it's not like you're unconsciously doing it and you just blurt out whatever's on yeah. top of your head, right? So I think this one um there's some good behavioral techniques that you can do like I don't think there's anything wrong. It's just that you know you are someone who's eager to contribute and you want to help that lend to the conversation of course like right. So I don't think there's anything wrong with it, right? Um perhaps some really simple thing that you can do is that you know if it's let's say a meeting and then you will definitely have a pen and paper with you for example right just to write down your thoughts on there and then you can share um after the fact or when it's more opportune timeline and sense like right that's one thing you can do during conversations that's obviously a bit harder because you know it's a very fluid thing and there's no time for you to write down your questions and stuff like that right yeah um perhaps what you can do is to um check and see whether there's anything that you can do to help you remember the questions or the the things that you want to contribute lah right Um and I so because you're doing consciously as well maybe you can pick and choose right so for example when things are it even critical information then yes please go ahead and interject because it's important lah right but if it's less so if it's something that's just to add to the conversation then perhaps it's something you can hold back on lah so I guess the what I'm trying to say here is that you're doing consciously which is great now we just need to work on the decision making process lah when do we interject when do we not lah that's the only uh, the thing that I'm suggesting here lah does that make sense to you Alice um no I'm clear on that but sometimes like if I forget ah. I tend to beat myself up for it like ah, I can't okay. remember exactly what it is Okay. Okay. Yeah. Um. So there's this thing that we we talk about in therapy, right? As a therapist like myself, right? And the supervisor once told me, I think if it's important enough, it'll come back to you later, right? So mm-hmm. I think that's something worth remembering as well. So I think that uh, beating yourself up uh, at the end of it, that's actually quite important. So don't worry so much about it in that sense, lah. Right? If you do forget it, you know, if if it's important, it'll come back to you, right? So don't feel the need to always um uh compulsively say it straight away in that sense. So take your time. Don't worry about it. And what this strange reaction you'll find is that. The less you worry about it, the calmer you are about it. The better you can remember anyway, right? Because then you're not yeah. so anxious in your head, right? And then you're calmer. You can remember more things, lah. Thank you. Okay, Doc. We've got a message from someone on Did You Like Line uh, anonymously. All right. Uh, my tween is having problems with her friends. They don't seem to understand when she tells them to stop or when their words or actions are hurting her. They seem to always be joking at her expense or trying to push her buttons. How can I guide her? Hmm. Nah, that's hard. And that's just, she, she, she's a tween, right? Um, mm. That's probably a very hard age group to be in, right? Really? Uh, yeah, I think, like I said, um, you know, with, with teenagers, especially, especially someone who's transitioning to become a teenager, lah, they're stuck in this weird realm between being a kid, like a baby kid, child kid, yeah. and then becoming a teenager. Oh, because you're not a kid up. anymore. Right? Yeah, in this weird stage, right? And I, I love that they've created this uh, category called tweens because it mm. is a really hard time to be in. Because you're between, right? So exactly. what's what's yeah. an age of tweens then? Sort of like eleven, twelve, till fourteen. Yeah, around there. Yeah. So you're fourteen, you're a teen already. Thirteen, I you're don't a teen know though, because well. like you look at the emotional yeah, maturity yeah. of that age, they're still not yeah. quite teenagers exactly, yet. Yeah. Exactly, exactly. And they're trying to cool, be cool and fit in and stuff. It's really tough, right? And I think, unfortunately, in every social situations, every social group, lah, there will be uh, people who are more dominant, of course, and then some people who get made fun of. And it's just unfortunately that's just something that happens in society, lah, right? One way is to get your your daughter to speak out to her friends. I think which it sounds like you've tried already, and that's kind of not forthcoming, right? And the I think the more robust way is to get her to focus on herself, right? 
how can she work on herself? How can she learn to accept herself and you know make choices for herself, be more assertive about it? Some people are naturally quite okay being the jester, like JD, for example. You make a lot of jokes, right? Yeah. You're, fun, you're fine being yeah, that, yeah. right? And if your daughter is that way inclined, great, fantastic, then she can fit in that sense, right? Some people are not, and if your daughter is not, then we, may, we might need to empower her to make decisions that are best for her. Mm. Mm. If she feels constantly attacked by these friends, then perhaps she needs a new group of friends. And mm. that's the reality of the situation, right? Mm. And if you think about it in the long term, that's actually really good life lessons to teach our kids we don't yeah, always have to true. get stuck with our the, the, that group of friends we yeah. can grow we can get yeah. more people right so yeah that might be a good option more robust option teach her to um, empower herself be assertive for herself make good choices for herself mm. and then she can you know make better choices with friends perhaps or make better decisions with her friends yeah, but in my case because you said I'm okay being a gesture right? mm. and I don't mind being the butt of jokes sometimes with my friends and whatnot but the yep. thing is mm. I've had conversations with my friends and they they constantly reassure me that I am not they're not laughing at me yeah, yeah. they're laughing with me and then yeah. we're all just having fun and then everybody respects each other yeah. Right. yeah I think this little girl she needs to have a conversation with her friends I'm like mm. do you guys really like me or not yeah, is that yeah. a good idea to do at, as a tween Oh, kids can be nasty. Yeah, yeah, what yeah. do you mean? You're so emotional. You're yeah. so sensitive. Yeah, or, yeah. no, we don't like you. I mean, they could come out with stuff correct, like that. I mean, I've heard this, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. And oftentimes, that kind of uh, bullying, emotional bullying, social bullying is mm. a lot more impactful than actually physical bullying, right? Mm. Um, if they were full-blown adults, I'd suggest that. Right? Yeah. But for a tween, probably not. Just because, like what Asha said, there's just too much. Uh, we can't predict it. Like, we don't know what's going to happen. Yeah. Like. Probably not. Unless your daughter is like super confident, super relaxed and super chill person, then yeah, go for it, right? But if not, then I probably would focus on the child more than the external stuff. Okay, we've got Satish on the line. Satish, what's your question today? So I have this habit of nail biting and I've been trying to stop it. Like, it's really bad and I've done everything I could think of, including seeing a doctor and putting on gels, but mm. I just can't seem to stop. Okay. But what's wrong with me, doctor? I don't think there's anything wrong with you per se. Um, usually, there are two reasons why someone will nail bite. Um, one of them is it's, it's a habit, right? So, you know how when smokers, when they're trying to quit smoking, sometimes it's not so much the nicotine, it's just the act of putting something towards their mouth. So, if they can replace it with things like, I don't know, a pencil top or, or a gum or whatever it is, mm-hmm. they find it quite effective, right? Because it's just replacing their behavior, right? Um, so that one could be one of the reasons that you're doing that. So if that's the case, then you might want to try doing something else with your fingers and see whether that helps or not, right? So um, having, like I don't know, a fidget spinner or whatever it is that you can do, or to-do pens or something like that. If it's a habit, then that would be quite helpful. Uh. The other reason why we bite nails, it's, it's an anxiety reaction. Uh. So when we get anxious, we need something that's comforting and something that's uh, familiar to us to do. So And that gives us a lot of comfort and helps um, reduce our anxiety quite a bit. Um, if have, and if that's the case, then I think it might be a good idea for you to have a look at that and see whether there's something you can tackle from that angle or not. La. Just to see whether we can um, reduce the anxiety and see whether there's a reduction in the nail biting or not. Um, but I'm, I'm just curious, right? Um, are you biting your nails in every single situation or any specific situations that it happens more often? Um, it, it's quite often. I don't really realize when I'm biting. It just okay. happens. Uh, okay. Halfway through, I realize, okay, I'm biting my nails. Okay, okay, yeah. So I probably would try out those two and see whether it's a habitual thing and then try and see from that angle. And also perhaps to see whether, you know, if you are a naturally anxious person, perhaps that's your natural anxious reaction to it. But you said you use gels. What do you mean you use gels? You saw a doctor about it and then was it uh, prescribed to you? I think, um, it was, I think it was suggested by one of my friends. Like, mm. It gives a really sour taste. So oh, I, don't I see. Really yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, okay, right, got okay. it. Yeah. Uh, reaction. 
Doc, do you think it would be helpful, like, in order to figure out whether it's, like, habit or anxiety to actually, like, do a log or something of when you realize you're biting your nails to just go, okay, one ten p.m., biting my nails and I'm in this situation? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that's a really good idea. So at least you can track and see whether it's anxiety or it's a habit. Yeah, that's yeah. a really good Sometimes, idea. But do you bite your nails until you bleed? How bad is it? It's quite bad, actually. Okay. You could actually, it's quite noticeable that my nails are, like, super mm. short. Okay, okay. Mm-hmm. Right, so it's like a stim in a way, right? Mm. Okay. Mm-hmm. Well, do a diary, Satish. Yeah, exactly. See how that goes. Yeah, that's a really good idea.